Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now we have a Burnley update where we're going to be speaking with Jamie Smith of No Nay Never and ESPN FC. Uh, Jamie, a very busy day for Burnley yesterday. You get some transfer deals done, you pick up the win, uh, but earlier in the week, uh, you got a pretty kind FA Cup draw. What did you make of that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, our home form being as it is, we want to be at home and Lincoln City, one of the only two non-league teams left in the competition, coming to the turf. You don't want to count chickens and get too far ahead of yourselves, but we should win that game. We should really be in the quarterfinals. The only real um, little negative for us is that all the Premier League teams have really been kept apart. We'd have liked big draws like I don't know, Chelsea v Arsenal, Man United v Man City, knock a couple of the big boys out, maybe open up the draw for us, but... We should be in the quarterfinals, get a home draw in the quarters. You never know. Um, deadline day was spectacular. We'd been chasing Robbie Brady for pretty much the whole month, waiting for Norwich to get their deals done so that Brady would be available to go. Um, eventually, it sounds like it was about 12 to 14 million for Robbie Brady. Another club record. Third time we've broken our transfer record this season. Um, but I think he's a sensational signing. He's versatile. He'd play anywhere down the left. Very good set pieces. He's got the energy and stamina required from a Sean Dodge wide player, but he's also got the quality on the ball, goal threat, excellent set pieces. So I think he's going to be a fantastic addition. And earlier in the day, we also brought in Ashley Westwood. We needed extra midfield cover. Dean Marnie's going to be out for probably the rest of the year. Um, he's on his ACL again, same knee that he did in the last Premier League season. Atrocious look for Dean Marnie. Um, but the club moved quickly. We scared Westwood play that we'd looked at last summer not been able to get done. And it gives us um, a bit of extra cover and quality in midfield. We're really well stopped now. Ninth in the Premier League. Biggest spenders in the Premier League on deadline day. It's very weird being a Burnley <laughs> fan at the moment. It's very, very weird. I got used to it. Yeah, it is very strange. You mentioned Brady there. I do think that's a great signing, regardless of price, uh, yeah. being reported around $13 million. Well, the um, thing is, like, Every, everyone costs a fortune now. When we paid ten million for Jeff Hendrick, people thought that was ridiculous. And I was one of them. I thought it was too much money for Jeff Hendrick. And he had a slow start, scored a sensational goal against Bournemouth, and since then he's been fantastic. So mm. players take a bit of time to bet in. Brady's twenty four, he's gonna get better. I think he's good enough for the Premier League already. He's got growth in him, he's fit solidly into the team, and sometimes you have to pay more than you'd like, but if players like Patrick Van Anholt are going for twelve million, I think Brady for Brady for twelve million sounds fine to me. Yeah, and, and he definitely will bring a new element to your attack. Do you think we'll kind of see more of the four four two now that you have a player that's more comfortable out wide or how do you think this will affect the tactics of Sean Dyche? 
Yeah, I think so. Four four two. We've gone back to four four two the last few weeks actually, and um, Stephen DeForce had to play on the left, uh, partly because we're a little bit overstocked for central midfielders and a bit understocked for wingers. So presumably Brady will go straight in. Um, naturally, a left footed player, isn't he? But we tend to play inverted wingers, so maybe he'll play on the right. But yeah, I don't expect Brady to go straight in. We'll stick with the four four two, and it'll be Hendrick and probably Barton in the midfield. The midfield starts look really strong now. Um, last night's game, we still had George Bowden and Scott Arfield were playing wide for a lot of the game because the four went off injured in the first half. And as good as Bowden and Arfield have been for us for the last few years, we're in the top half of the Premier League and they're not top half of the Premier League players. They're probably not Premier League players, to be honest. They're playing at the best of their ability and it's still not quite good enough. But if we can have Brady on one wing, Johan Goodmanson on the other wing, that starts to look properly Premier League class to me and then when you've got players like Barton and Hendrick in the middle Andre Gray up front who's in excellent form Michael Keane Tom Heaton it looks like a Premier League team to me now yeah uh, you mentioned Michael Keane right there uh, with Swansea them holding on to Sigurdsson was being sure. hailed as the move of the, the window but is there a similar kind of feeling around Burnley that with teams kind of sniffing around Keane late on that it really is great that you were able to hang on to him yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone was really that worried about losing Keane in the window. When we've lost players for big money, we tend to wait till the end of the season. It's obviously, it has a big impact when you lose a big player in the middle of the season and you want to try and avoid that unless you can't do anything about it. Um, but it was really interesting that Koeman went public a couple of days before the deadline um, although he was asked directly about Keane, so you could say he was just answering the question, but managers like how Moyes, Daesh normally refuse to talk about individual players, so he didn't have to talk about Keane, but he did, went public on Everton's interest, um, which was foolish for me, because he's already better than Everton. If we're ninth in the table, Everton are, what, seventh? Why, why it was not a big enough jump. He'd already be their best centre-back for my money. I think Keane will go for in excess of 30 million when he's got a year left on his contract and possibly to Chelsea. I think with Terry, Terry's off at the end of the season. Gary Cahill's coming towards the end of his career. Conte likes to play three at the back. I think Keane to Chelsea makes an awful lot of sense. And yeah, they're the best team in the league, but I've been watching Keane for two or three years. He is good enough, I think. So enjoying Keane while we've got him. He'll go for a lot of money, play a lot of games for England. Um, but I don't think leaving in January was ever on the cards. Burnley made their position clear early in the window. He wasn't for sale. Keane's not the sort of player who's going to demand a move. He understands that playing every week is important when you're a young player. You develop a lot when you play every week, especially as a defender. We've seen that development with Keane. He seems to add new things to his game all the time. He becomes more comfortable. There's games this season where he's hardly broken sweat. He's been so comfortable. Um and for me, he's, he's an elite defender. When I looked at John Stones going to Man City for £50 million last summer, I already rated Keane above Stones. <laughs> Everything I've seen this season suggests to me that Keane is a better player than Stones. Um, so, yeah, very excited to see what he does. He'll go in the summer with everyone's best wishes. Oh, you, you do think that he'll move on, then? Absolutely. He's got a year left on his contract. He's not going to sign a new deal at Burnley when... Most we could pay him is out of what thirty grand a week, thirty five grand a week. Um, I mean, a bumper really... contract just to bring in a bigger fee would be nice. 
Yeah, it would be, but I don't think there's that much benefit to a player to, to signing that. He's probably already among our top earners. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think there's any real... Anyone, there's nobody um, asking why he's not signing a new contract to get more money or anything. We're going to make a fortune on him anyway. We only paid two and a half, three million for Michael Keane. Wow. So we're going to make like 10 times, 15 times that um, on Keane. But yeah, he's, he's going to go for an absolute fortune and I am looking forward to seeing what he does next. And the, the good thing is we've got a ready-made replacement. James Tarkovsky's played in the cup games, mm. played in midfield at times this season. Very good player. Seems tailor-made to come into the scene when, when Keane does go. So, oh, it's quite rosy at the minute. Fair enough. Uh, you did also mention Andre Gray coming into the match yesterday. Uh, was the third highest scoring player over the last five matches. So that form uh, definitely yep. evidence there. Uh, is this just him getting his feet back under him with a decent run of matches? Or is, you know, is, is I guess what I'm asking, is this more form? Or is this really the ability that we're really seeing? I think it's a bit of both. I think most strikers are confidence players, aren't they? One of the things I like about Gray is that when he's having a bad run, it doesn't really seem to affect him. He still goes for goal early, likes to take, take his shots on. Um, but there's no doubt that the goals he scored recently have given him more of an edge. Uh, last night against Leicester, he looked really, really sharp. Um, his movement was just rapid. It's always very quick, but he was also rolling players like Robert Huth. Um, now, all right, Huth's not the player that he was last season. None of the Leicester players are. But to be able to beat Huth for strength, get away from him, get shots on goal, I think it shows that Gray's the real deal. I always thought he was going to do well. Obviously, the suspension derailed his season a bit, and he had to be a bit patient to get back in the team. But he's one of these players who needs a run of games to get really up to 100% match fitness, and the goals always help with with confidence as well. So I think we're going to see more to come from Andre Gray. So I think there's, there's plenty of growth there. He's still very direct. His build-up play could do with a bit more development. So... I think if he can add those things to his game, he can be a, a really serious talent. And again, maybe one that we'll, we'll have to watch play somewhere else, unfortunately. <laughs> but for now, yeah, Gray's been fantastic the last few weeks and hopefully he's going to bang a few more in before the end of the season. Yeah, and got a picture that, that Brady and his supply will also help with that. Also, this is not uh, <laughs> super official, but seeing um, Hendrick post that picture of him and Brady yep. with Ireland, that, that, was some, that was some touching stuff, man. Even as <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I mean, cool. I'd, uh, I'd worked pretty much solidly through deadline day, so I was so tired <laughs> by, by the deadline. Hendrick posted that Instagram, and I was almost getting emotional. <laughs> 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 they're obviously old pals that, that played together as kids I think and mm. uh, stayed mates uh, Hendrick had been texting Brady trying to get him to come and stuff and obviously they play for Ireland together we've got Stephen Ward who plays for Ireland as well yeah. so the combination the, the prospect of a Hendrick Ward Brady combination so the triangles on the left it's, it's mouth watering really yeah. and I think the, the little partnership between Hendrick and Brady is going to be something that's a really important part of our play in the, in the second half of the season Cool. We'll definitely look forward to seeing that. Uh, you did pick up another home win yesterday, which you alluded to earlier. Yep. Uh, why don't you just talk us through that match a little bit before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, it was tight, and the goal we scored, if, if you've seen it, obviously it shouldn't have counted. Sam Volts has handled it. I don't think it was deliberate since he just bounced up and hit him on the arm, um, but he does gain an advantage from it, so probably shouldn't have counted. 
I do quite like how Danny Drinkwater is trying to punch the ball away on the line. Then all the Leicester players are appealing for handball. You can't appeal for handball when your guy has tried to handball it. Doesn't make any sense. Drinkwater also got away with a blatant penalty on Michael Keane in the first half. Mike Dean didn't even give it. Mike Dean loves giving penalties. He won't even give us a penalty. It's ridiculous. We just can't get a penalty. <laughs> um, I think Keane was maybe a bit too honest. He looked like he was still trying to head it, even though he got a push in the back. You get a push in the back in the box, you've got to hit the deck. Make the referee give a penalty. It's a stonewall penalty, but if you're still in the air, it's it's harder to, to be clear about it. So I think a little bit of justice was done, to be honest. We definitely deserve to win the game. I think we had 24 shots, most that we've had in a Premier League game this season. Um, Leicester did their Leicester thing, played on the break, caused a few problems with Mahrez and Vardy. Problem is, Mahrez and Vardy have got no confidence at the minute. Mahrez had a couple of opportunities when he got clear in some space, one-on-one with the defender. Last season, that's a goal. He cuts inside and scores. This time, he didn't. Vardy had a couple of opportunities. There was a, a rogue back pass from Matt Lawton, played him in. Last season, that goes in the bottom corner, took it early, bottom corner. This time, took it early, went out for a throw-in. He had one where he got through on goal. Heaton tried to come and get in, and he tried to win a penalty rather than just score the goal. He did that twice in the game. So Vardy and Mahrez are obviously struggling a bit. Leicester aren't the champions that the champions normally are. Um, so they were obviously vulnerable. Uh, the bookies still had them as favourites, which was weird considering our home form. But I think we edged the game. We battled right to the end. Previously, we'd maybe be happy with a draw in that situation. I think Leicester certainly got to the last 20 minutes. Leicester had decided that 0-0 was going to be a good result for them with problems they've had away from home they're obviously struggling um, in a bit of a relegation battle now so I think we deserved it really players like Hendrick were excellent Joey Barton dragged us through on his first Premier League start for the club with Dean Marnie injured so I definitely feel like we did enough I think it's five league wins in a row at home now seven in a row in all competitions 11 altogether mm. in all competitions this season it's ridiculous only <laughs> Chelsea and Spurs have taken more points at home this season wow um, and you do, you wonder if we can start getting something away from home. We've only got Chelsea at home until April now, so we need to get some results away. And if we can, starting with Watford on Saturday, then the sky's the limit, really. This team could certainly finish in the top half of the league, which would be astonishing because we were favourites to go down. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on that. As neutrals, uh, I, well, personally, I haven't had you in the relegation fight for like a month and a half, Hello? two months now. It, it, you've been playing so well. I'm assuming as a fan base that you're no longer looking down. You are looking up. Hello. Hello. I don't know what happened there, but I had finished. Oh, cool. All right. I'll just uh, do a follow-up. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad that you mentioned uh, that you're even considering a top-half finish. As somebody that has to keep doing predictions and stuff, I haven't had you in the relegation zone for about month and a half, two months now, of like yeah. even being in that conversation. Is it starting to become, as a Burnley fan, a situation where you really are looking more up than down? Uh, I think so. I think the the key thing is that you have to set new targets now. Um, even at the start of January, I was saying that if we get relegated from there, then it would have been a disaster. I think we were 12th at the time. We're so far clear now, not just in points, but in places. It's It's almost impossible for us to get relegated. We've got 29 points, I think. And something like 35, 36, 37 is probably going to be enough. Mm. So we're almost there. Top half is probably ambitious, but 
you never know. I think a lot of teams, when they come up and have a really good start to the season, Bournemouth last year, for an example, once you're pretty much safe, everyone takes their foot off a bit and you start thinking about your summer holidays and the intensity goes a little bit. I don't know if that's going to happen with us. Dash seems the sort of manager who's going to keep them going. I can't imagine anyone slacking off when Joey Barton's playing with them. <laughs> he's going to come <laughs> and give you a slap. So I, I don't know. I think top half would obviously be incredible. Most Burnley fans would probably still take 17th now, but we should be safe in mid-table and hopefully a nice cup run as well. We should be in the quarterfinals, so you never know what's going to happen there as well. It all looks good at the minute. Awesome. All right, well, thank you so much for taking out the time. Why don't you tell the folks where they can no find problem. you? No problem. Yeah, you can listen to me on the No Name Ever podcast. We've got a podcast that's going to be out tomorrow, I think, talking about Leicester and Deadline Day. You can get that at net. They're on Twitter as well, at net. And you can also read my ramblings on Burnley at ESPNFC. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.